Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. The Christmas story, you've heard all about it. Some of you probably are over it. It's kind of like, you know, if I have to sing another carol. Uh, others of you go, oh, I'll sing them all year round, that's fine. But this morning I want to speak to you about when Christmas is over. Think about it for a minute. The Christmas story is absolutely chock full of the supernatural. There are angels appearing to Mary, to Joseph, to shepherds. There's stars that don't just twinkle, twinkle, little star, but there's stars that move supernaturally guided. And I still puzzle over this. A star came and stood over the house where Mary and Joseph and the child were. That must have been close. It must have been quite something to see. Stars that guide wise men, wealthy people who have been searching prophetically for when the child, the King of the Jews is to be born. And there's dreams, there's prophecies at church, there's all this celebration and approval. There's gifts that are so extravagant. I was talking to someone the other day who was telling me how they struggle with the concept of blessing and struggle with the concept of God wanting to bless His people. And I couldn't help but think about what these wise men brought to the baby Jesus. As recently as 2007, the South China Morning Post published an article by Tom Holland where he said, so how generous were the wise men anyway? And this guy, and I've read a number of these studies, he said that there was at least $29 million US in gold alone. Now, I haven't done the studies. I'm not an economist, not a sociologist. But I've read a number of these things where they say these people were coming looking for a king. The sacred trees that produce frankincense and myrrh are almost impossible to grow outside of the Arabian Peninsula, which meant that they were constantly in short supply and high demand. According to a famous Roman historian, the sap made the Arabians the richest people on earth by Jesus' time more valuable than gold. So think about it a minute. These guys turn up, according to Tom Holland, in the South China Morning Post. They turn up with $29 million worth of gold at least. And then beside that, frankincense and myrrh that are worth more than all of that. And you might say, well, what was the point of that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because after Christmas is over, we read this in Matthew 2, verse 13. Now, when they had departed, that's the wise men. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Verse 14 says, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. Verse 15 tells us that they are there in Egypt until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, 
saying, out of Egypt, I have called my son. What did they do with all that money? I don't know, but a family fled without any uh, ability to sustain themselves apart from that for five years. I don't know how Jesus led 12 men, some of whom definitely were married because Jesus healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law. So Peter certainly was married and he carried those men for three and a half years funding their missionary efforts all around Israel. I think God had a purpose for all that blessing. But I'm not really wanting to so much focus on that today as to point out to you that after all the celebration and after all the supernatural and after all the miracles and after all the glory and all the praise, these people then go into a time where it seems like what happened to all of that? Where did all that go? They're stuck in Egypt waiting for Herod, their persecutor, to die so they can go home. And I believe that for every single one of us, we are going to have our great and high days. There'll be the days that are prophesied. There'll be the things that are a part of our dream. There'll be the destiny and the calling. And I don't know about you, but I love those days. I've had many of those days, days where prophetic words came and spoke and lifted my heart into something great and inspired me and, and just gave me the energy, if you like, and the impetus to surge forward in God. I love those days. But I also know I've had the days where I've wondered if God had lost my address. Truly, I remember saying to a doctor once, a medical doctor, I'm wondering if God's forgotten my name and where I live. Because it seemed to me that the valley I was walking through was so deep that God seemed completely absent. Now, of course He wasn't, but it felt like that. And so I want to speak to you this morning on four lessons for when Christmas is over. Number one, God is in your hidden days as much as He is in your high days. God is as much in your hidden days. Think about it, for five years, they are in Egypt, wait for it, without any angelic visitation. There's no prophetic utterance. There's no dreams. There's no, you know, Anna, Anna and Simeon holding up the baby. There's no leaping of John the Baptist in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth. There's none of that stuff there's just five years of being a refugee in a foreign country without any encouragement coming to you at all. But God was in their hidden days, just as much as He was when the angelic host sang glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Can I say to you today that you're not in the will of God when everyone's celebrating you. You're not in the will of God when there's activity and blessing alone. You might be in the will of God but you're not in the will of God because everybody's telling you how awesome you are. Amen. You're not in the will of God because everyone's saying, oh, wow, what a gift you've got. Oh, I, oh, it's incredible. Look what God is doing through your life. You're not in the will of God because of that. You're in the will of God because you're His. You're in the will of God because you belong to Him. Acts 17 and verse 28 says this. It says uh, that, in Him we live and move and have our being. In other words, my life is not just about God is with me when everything's awesome. 
But God's with me when everything's awesome and when everything's not awesome. Amen? He's there in my life. Listen to me, because I know how easy it is. I've spoken with enough believers who've said to me, where did I go wrong? How am I here where I am? What have I missed? Has God left me? Because it seems like all the problems are so large and because the difficulties are so great. Don't think He's left you or lifted His hand from you because you're in a hidden day. Maybe right now some of you are in hidden days and it's not going like you want and it's not moving at all. And you're there and you've been there for a while, just like Joseph and Mary and Jesus were in a place they never planned to be. And yet I want you to understand your hidden days. I hope you get this this morning because your hidden days are just as much the will of God. Come on, can we celebrate that for a minute? Can we just say, God, I'm glad that even if, even if it doesn't look like you're doing it, we sang that song, I love it, just a minute ago. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Amen. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Come on. He's working in your life. Don't, because otherwise, I'll tell you what will happen. You'll chase the will of God somewhere else other than where you're meant to be. You will end up like, can you imagine Joseph is sitting there and saying to Mary, you know, back in Israel, we had dreams and the Lord spoke and now we've got nothing. All, now all I hear is snoring. I get nothing at night. We better go back to Israel. And they could have stepped out of the will of God because they never felt it, because they never heard it. They could have missed the will of God for their life. Amen. Don't listen to me. It's so you can get tempted. You can get led out of the will of God because the grass looks green as somewhere else. Amen. Are you with me here this morning? Come on, I know it's Boxing Day. I know you've just endured Christmas. How many people got a present that you really wanted? How many is because you bought it for yourself? <laughs> I'm a big fan of that, actually. I'm a big fan. Buy yourself something at Christmas, then you'll be absolutely going, I love that gift. Amen. Fantastic. Oh, dear. God's in your hidden days just as much as He is in your high days. Here's number two. Follows on directly from it. Your life fulfills God plan, God's plans. It's not just your actions. Listen to me, you've got to get this this morning. I'm saying this to believers. It's not just your gift that fulfills God's plan. It's not just your anointing, your ministry. So many people fall in love with a role in their life. They fall in love with their gift. But listen to me, it's not your anointing that fulfills His plan, it's your life. Amen? Uh, you never fall into the trap of going, when I'm on a stage, or when I'm doing my business, then I'm in the will of God. No, it's your whole life. These people, even your hidden days, fulfill God's plan. Look at verse 15 again. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled. They're in a strange place, but they are fulfilling God's plan. Even there, look at verse 23. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. They didn't plan it. They certainly didn't do it to make it 
come to pass any more than any of us have ever got to get a prophetic word and then go and try and make it happen. You don't have to do that. They didn't plan it. They didn't do it to fulfill the word. Their life fulfills his purpose. He's number three. Third lesson out of after Christmas is this. Your waiting is as important as your moving. That's got to be one of the hardest things for anybody. Hello, anybody here like me, you are incredibly patient for microseconds. Can I, I, let me just confess, I, I'm really good at waiting for really small periods of time. I'm not good at waiting over long periods of time. Anybody here like me ever go before God and start going, God, come on, like, hello, hurry up, I'm ahead of you. Come on, God, like, look, I'm way out here. Where are you? You're back there somewhere. But except you keep up. And yet God goes, actually, I'm already in your tomorrow. Come on. You're waiting. Verse 19 and verse 20. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to dream in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. For maybe five years, so historians tell us, they're in the land of Egypt. All the Egyptians should be very proud of that. Amen. I was talking to an Egyptian pastor once who said to me, we are so proud of the fact that we got to hold the child Jesus for so long in our land. That was a different thought. No direction, no guidance, just waiting. But their waiting was as important as their moving. I feel like this morning, somehow or other, God is speaking to some of you here that are, you're itching and you're about to, you're like a spring ready to take off. And the Lord is saying to you today, just wait for my time. Here's number four. Your detours don't take God by surprise. Your detours don't take God by surprise. Verse 23, think about it. They've left Bethlehem. Where would you go back to? I don't know about you. I'm going back to where the wise men turned up. I'm going back to where the shepherds were. I'm going back to the last place where God was awesome. Instead of that, they don't go there. They go to Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is not exactly uh, the highlight place. If you wanted to go somewhere brilliant, you go to Jerusalem. But they don't go there. They go back to this small town called Nazareth. Not their hometown for Joseph at any rate. It's not what they planned. But you know, sometimes in your life, Rhonda and I were talking about this only the other day, where we're talking about some of the things that at the time when they happen, you think they're the worst thing in the world. You think it's just, how could that have happened? What went wrong? Anybody else other than me like this? And then you get after it. You can't tell why you're in it, but you look back years later. We said it only just this last week. Thank God that happened. We didn't know it at the time. At the time, we thought it was the worst. Now we look back and go, thank God. He was working. He was looking after us. He was faithful, even though we had no idea. Let me finish by saying this to you this morning. The same God of the angels, the same God of the gold, and the same God of the glory is the God of your hidden days. Amen. The same God of the angels. Uh, thank God for that. I'm, not, I'm certainly not putting those away. And man, I, I, I want Him every day. I imagine from time to time, I imagine what it'd be like to confront a burning bush when I'm out there in the, in the Aussie bush. 
I've encountered a few bushfires, but not quite the same. I imagine what it would be like to have the angel of the Lord at the foot of my bed. I thought it was, I saw it a couple of times, but it turned out to be Rhonda. Before, before 2021 finishes, I've got to, I've got to make, a, a, make amends for some of my other missteps. But come on, I want you to think about this because too often we stress about the will of God. We get worried because it's not happening the way we want. The same God of the angels, the God in the glory is the God of your hidden days, amen. Father, help us today in Jesus' name. We are your people. And every single one of us, Lord, here will have some things that are amazing and brilliant. There'll be some things that we wish away. Some of those things, Lord, are actually your will at work in our life, even if it doesn't look like it. Some of those things, Lord, are things that you're going to give us victory over. They're storms that maybe the enemy meant to bring for destruction, but you'll turn them for good. But God, whichever way it is, I pray that today you'll give your people the peace of knowing that they're in your will because they're yours. Because we are your children. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Father, we thank you for that. I pray, God, that all stress and anxiety, all of that push and internal have to, We'll just be laid to rest for a little while. And Father, you'll help us walk with you calmly because we're your children. And that which you've birthed, you're committed to care for. Thank you for that. Thank you for the vision you've birthed and you're going to care for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for anybody that's a part of this service, either here in front of me or online or online later during the week, some other time who's never really known what it is to walk with Jesus. Maybe they know what it is to walk with religion or church. Maybe they got friends that are Christians and they secretly wish they had what they had. Father, I pray you'll help them today in Jesus' name. You know, many years ago, I was on a plane sitting next to a very well-to-do and very successful businessman. I discovered that because he told me about his life and about how he'd grown up. Then he began to tell me how he'd grown up as the son of parents that had endured uh, some of the horrors of World War II. He said as a result of that, there was never any religion in our home. He said, we never ever went to church or to any other religious event. It was forbidden in our home to speak of any matter of faith. And then he looked at me and he said this, I've never forgotten it. He said, I envy people like you. And I was so profoundly stopped by the thought that this meant there are two things. One was that something that I took for almost, not for granted, but is just so normal for life. He looked at and said, I wish I had that. The second thing that struck me was though that this man thought, the only way to have a religious faith was to grow up with one. That somehow or other you had to have Christian parents or you had to be in a Christian country or you had to have this denomination. 
And the whole time, all you've got to really do is do what Jesus said. And that's open the door. That's it. It's no harder than that. Jesus said, everyone can come to me. Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's a matter of saying yes to Jesus. If you want to do that this morning, here's a simple prayer you can pray. Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. I'm surrendering to you. I'm saying yes to you leading my life. Lord, I want to walk with you for the rest of my days. Thank you, Jesus. That's so simple. Another way to say all of that would just simply to be saying this, I'll say yes to Jesus. I was talking with Pastor Bruce just before the service and said, Bruce, how, how long is it now that we started Yes Text? And he said, it's three years next February. I have lost count. I don't know how many people there are, but there's many, many people have simply texted. That's we started with just texting Yes. For people in Australia, 488 So many people started doing it from all over the country. Then we started getting requests from people overseas saying, that phone number won't work for me overseas. How do I get that help? And so we created yes.metrochurch.org.au, metrochurch.org.au. We created that. Then we went on to having metrochurch.online and now there's just a yes button you can press if you're online with us on that platform. But every single one of those, we've never written and asked anyone for money. We've never used their details. We've never tried to discover any of that. This is all we do. We send you the next day after you give us your yes. If it's on one screen of a smartphone, we send you a Bible verse different every day for 30 days. We send you a prayer, a different one every day for 30 days. It's not us praying for you, it's for you to pray. So you start learning how to converse with God. You can opt out whenever you like, but you can also sign in for more at the end of the 30 days. Do you know in the entire nearly three years, there's only been two people ever that have opted out. All the others said, I love this. I heard people say to me, it was like God was speaking to me every day. I encourage you to do it. 488 yes.metrochurch.org.au or click on the yes button. Be our pleasure to pray for you. Our team will pray for you. And I believe it will be the start of a great walk with God. Amen. Amen. Well, how many people love Christmas? How many people just love Boxing Day? How many people love leftovers? <laughs> oh dear. What a beautiful day it has been. Thank you so much for being a part of this service wherever you are and for all you that are here mask wearing and all but thank you for being here and being a part of it and I'm looking forward to 2022 and all that God's going to do but on this our last Sunday for 2021 I've asked the team to come and lead us in singing that beautiful song The Goodness of God I love this song I love the, the beautiful thing it says to every single one of us thank you Michael well done. Thank you, Michael and Michael. Two Michaels. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Dr. Ruby. Thank you, Malu. Thank you, Paolo. I'd love you to stand with me and sing together this beautiful song. Make it your declaration for the year to come. All my life, you've been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. 
Because if you can see it in your life, you can see it in your future. Come on, let's think. Thanks, Tim.